welcome to Unbroken. I'm Alexandra Amore. I'm an author, a coach, and a lifelong explorer of what it means to be human. This is the podcast where my guests and I explore the inside-out nature of life and the positive effect this can have on every aspect of our lives, including letting go of unwanted habits. You'll find episode show notes, transcriptions, your complimentary video series, and lots more at unbrokenpodcast.com. And now, here's the show. Sheila Masand, welcome to Unbroken. Thank you. Good to be here. It's lovely to have you here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to find the three principles? Hmm. Well, I don't know how far back in time we need to go. <laughs> um, but just to say that I, I've, I live in Spain, so I'm, I am British, and I've lived in Spain um, since 1986, which is a long time ago. Um, yeah, I'm, I w- was married and had two beautiful daughters. And um, along the way, I guess along the way, I, I, I got divorced. <laughs> That's one thing. Um, but but along the way, I became self-employed. Um, it's, it's one of those things I always knew in the back of my mind. My dad was very entrepreneurial. And I kind of always had this sense that I would one day have my own business. I, I mean, I didn't set, set out my career-wise to do, to do that. But it serendipitously and landed in my lap to... Um, join up with somebody, become in partnership and open a food import, British food and drink import business here in Spain, which like never thought I would do that. And it was very, very successful, like super successful in the sense that we ended up with 20 employees, um, uh, a warehouse by vans on the road. And yeah, it was, it was very, very, very successful in its day. Um, and then unfortunately, my business partner died at a very young age. He was only 48, very mm. unexpectedly, and left me with this business that I didn't, by this time, few few years had gone by, and I was already sort of exploring other things that I wanted to do. I'd, I'd become vegetarian, so um, importing bacon and sausages and pork pies from the UK wasn't really sitting very well with me anymore. And I was like, I need to be doing something. And I wanted to do something alternative in the helping field. And I'd, I'd you know, sort of come across coaching and, and other, other. I was exploring different modalities. And as I say, I'd all, we'd already decided I was going to become a, a silent partner in this business that we had that was flourishing. But then, as I say, he he died. And um, I ended up with this business I didn't really want because mm-hmm. of it legally I had to take it up take it on well I didn't have to but I chose to because there were all these people relying on me telling me they had mortgages to pay etc etc and then the recession hit hard times hit and things didn't go so well so I ended up with a lot of debt um and the reason I'm I'm, I'm sort of this is the backstory is because this is how I I, I came into the, the three principles um I in my journey of of looking for what what was my next step in terms of my career or, or business I bumped into an NLP coaching course out here in Spain and I, I did that I love and I really really enjoyed it um, and I ended up joining Jamie Smart's email list because he was one of the best NLPers around at the time 
And I, little did I know at that point in time that he'd, you know, started to change path, change course, courses, because he had come across the three principles. But I didn't know that and neither did anybody else on his email list, really. So this email drops into my inbox saying, bear in mind, I was in financial distress at this point in time, lots of lots of debt and didn't know how I was going to get out of it. So this email lands into my inbox saying, if the secret's so great, show me the money. So he was playing. I mean, he's a very clever man in terms of of wording and NLP thing as well. Um, but if people don't know the secret, it's all about the law of attraction. It's a book and a movie. And I'd looked, at that, looked in that direction as well and nothing had worked for me. So I was curious. I thought, okay, he's going to teach me. And what he was doing, he was selling a DVD set. He recorded a two-day event in the UK that he'd done in London and said, right, you know, buy the recording. So me being in Spain, I was like, okay, I can do that. So I send off the DVD set, sit down in my living room with my then partner. We we start watching and I'm expecting him to show me how to create loads of money. And I was some magic way of creating money. However, there wasn't anything in there much like that. It was much, it was all about looking back on it, it was all about pointing us in the direction of the three principles, which actually was far more of far more value to me. Far mm. more value. And and you know, people will talk about something being moved or being touched. I didn't realize at the time that that's what happened to me. But in retrospect, I can see that's what happened. On a sort of intellectual level, what I heard really clearly that was like, whoa, I've never seen that before, was when he talked about life only working one way. 100% of the time, we're creating our own experience 100% of the time. It wasn't that through, you know, personal development stuff that I'd done and the NLP and the coaching and coaching course that I, you know, I knew that money didn't bring me happiness. I kind of got that. But this idea that it's 100% always that way and never another way re really piqued my curiosity. I was like, really? And at the end of the two days, he, he left us with, don't take my word for it. Go into your own life. Look, test it out. See if it's true. That's what I suggest you do. So I did, you know, being the good girl that I am, did my homework and, um, you know, started started really looking like, seriously, am I, am I creating my own experience or is, you know, at the time I had a partner who would very often leave his socks on the floor, you know, wherever they were taken off. And I know it's, I'm bringing this up because it's, women always laugh about it. It's like a, a common, common husband problem, right? Like they just, you know, drop clothes wherever they are and so... It's like, where is it the socks that are creating my upset? <laughs> is it the socks on the floor really frustrating me not to use any foul language? Is it the so you know, or and what I noticed was, was it wasn't every day. I didn't feel like that every day. Mm. I didn't sometimes I would be like, just dismiss it, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Other times I'd just kind of smile and go, it's done that again. And other days I was really annoyed. Mm -hmm. So it, it was like, well, there was no, yeah. So the fact that it wasn't always the same reaction told me very clearly that, yeah, this, this is really an inside out world. We are creating our own experience 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. And so he, in this two day event, Jamie had said, I'm going to put on um, another few of these in the next, in the next year. I can't remember if he said three or four more. And I remember turning to my partner and saying, 
next time he does one of these, I'm I'm going. So, mm. so so that was my when I say I was touched, it was like it was really like I'm going. And I went over to London. I think it was three times in a row. Every time he did one of those events, I just wanted to be back in the room. And the, the really curious thing about that is that he didn't say anything too much different every time I went. It was always pointing, you know, talking about the principles in, in different ways. But that was the message. But I, my, I, I just see that my heart kept drawing me and taking me back, taking me back, taking me back. There was something for me. And I was, you know, so taken by it that I wanted to start by this time, I've got some coaching clients. Um, but I didn't know how to share it with them. Mm. Um, and I could go on, the story could go on and on and on about how I'm doing what, you know, where I am today. But I'll stop there because I think you might have something else to ask me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a couple of follow-up questions. So one of the things that I always find so interesting when I'm interviewing people is that so very often, and myself included, we we try all kinds of different things on the yeah. route to finding the principles. And that was certainly the case for you with NLP and, mm-hmm. um, and some other things. Was it hypnotherapy? Yeah. Hypnotherapy. Yeah. 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 Louise Hay, I, did, I became a Louise Hay teacher, you know, oh, wow. as well. Yeah. 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 A few things. Yeah. A few things along mm-hmm. the way. And, and I just always wonder um, if you can describe what's different about all those different modalities and the three principles, mm. and then maybe a follow-up question would be when you were doing those other things, were there any sort of, uh, I don't know, feelings in you that it they weren't quite hitting the mark at the time, or was it only when you came to this that you saw that? Mm. Yeah. Well, for me, what what really struck me when I I came across the principles and, and and started delving deeper was this is this is this is the basis sort of this is this is the building block these are the building blocks of life mm. and so this the three principles are a description or a description of how life works how we work psychologically and who we truly are you know our true true nature which is which is not which is formless the formless and the form and I just I suppose I came when I say I came at an intellectual sort of in the psychology route as I said that's what I heard first was we're creating you know it's an inside out world we're creating that spirit and then along the way I started really dropping into this idea or this truth now as I see it that our true nature our essence is unbreakable like we you know we're never definitely unbreakable um and so what i what i started seeing was the 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 techniques let's call them the modalities like the hypnotherapy or the nlp those techniques there's nothing wrong with techniques but for me the principles felt like and still do like if we can just see the um the true how we work if we, when we understand how we work and we understand that insight is the thing that shifts the needle. And that was one of the major things I saw as well, is like when, when a person has a, has a true insight, that's when things com- completely change. That's when transformation happens. Whereas a lot, of, a lot of things that, so for example, with the Louise Hay work, and I'm not, again, nothing against any of the, these, these things have helped me tremendously and they do help lots of people. But for example, with the affirmations with Louise Hay, you know, I would, I would be helping people create their affirmations. I was using affirmations. Um, 
But at the same time, I wasn't really, I wasn't really believing it. You know, it's something to say, something to say, something to say, hoping that it would change. But it wasn't coming from wisdom, as we talk about. It wasn't coming from a um, a place for me. It was something that somebody else had, had taught me to do. It wasn't from me and it wasn't serving me because it was something that somebody else had come across. I really see like Louise Hay obviously had major insights, major shifts in her life, major transformation, then went on to help other people. But what I did see is it didn't work for everybody. I would run the, the workshops and, you know, people would have a lovely time, but it <laughs> didn't seem to stick. You know, mm. it didn't. they didn't continue with their affirmations. They didn't, they kept, you know, kept coming back for more, coming back for more, coming back for more. And I get that because, you know, coming back for the nice feeling and, you know, we do beautiful things like affirmation baths, which are gorgeous. You know, somebody stand, people stand around you and just say beautiful things to you, you know, so literally that. Um but that's in the moment, but it didn't stick, you know, it didn't stick. I can't remember, the, have I answered your question? Have I answered your questions? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I guess at the, the other question was at the time. Uh, oh, did you I know, see if anything was yeah. missing? Yeah. I guess that's it, isn't it? You know, when you see that, that yeah, there's something missing. There's something missing. There's, there's, some, there's a piece missing here. That's, mm. Now, why is it not sticking? Why Why is it such hard work? I think that was it. Why does it... Does it really have to be this hard? That was kind of it. Is it really everybody's saying all this stuff? And it also felt as well, you know, with um, NLP, for example, blasting limiting beliefs was one of, you know, busting limiting beliefs. And so, but limiting beliefs, if you like, are forever. Like they're never ending. And it was like you find another one and now you find another one and now you find another one. So it did feel like a never ending job in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, that you would there would always be more that surf, surfaced, and I, and coming across the principles for me was the oh, it's it's more upstream than that. It's like oh, just seeing that it's all thought, mm-hmm. and that you don't have to believe any of it, and it none of it means any none of it means anything unless you get you assign the meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that none of it, I'm not my thinking. I'm not that. I'm, I, you know, I am the what it what the container of it, really the space within which all that arises. That was huge for me. It mm. was huge for me, and it just, yeah, it simplified things. I think it's really simplified things, which I love. I love simplicity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> and I can really relate to that. You know, the the hard work piece, especially you mm-hmm. know, having been on a similar journey myself. And the, uh, sadly, the conclusion that I always came to was, I must be doing this wrong. You know, mm. there must be something wrong with me mm. that I, that I can't get this thing to work. And so, uh, yeah, that was another part of it for, for, in my experience yeah. anyway. Yeah. 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 I don't, and I don't actually see any of it wasted. I think it's no. all, I really see now that life is working for us and we just, you know, we just mm. get presented more opportunities and more nudges and look <laughs> in this direction. That's, that's kind of where I am at now yeah. with it. Yeah. 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 Nice. And, and sorry, and just to say, and I think with a, a lot of the teachings that I was listening to before and I was following before, it may just have been the way I heard it, but it was like negative emotion bad, positive emotion good. You yeah. know, positive thinking, obviously the affirmations, it was all about turning the negative into a positive. Mm-hmm. And now I see it's all welcome. Like there's mm-hmm. all there's room for it all. And that has been really helpful to me. Really, really helpful. 
Yeah. yeah just wanted to add it there. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, one of the things you offer is now is heart center or coaching for heart centered business owners. Mm -hmm. And I loved that phrase that you use on your website. And so what do you find that is a hurdle that that group of people tends to commonly face in their Mm -hmm. business ownership? I would say, I mean, there are, there's more than one hurdle, Mm. (laughs) but, um, the, the very, very, very common one is I don't like marketing. I don't like selling myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, and I don't want to talk about money and I don't like the sales. Can, can you, can you tell me how to do it without doing that? And it's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that would be, yeah, that would be the major hurdle is most heart centered business owners you know they're in the in the business of healing and helping and service mm-hmm. they don't like the idea of yucky sales or yeah. or yucky marketing you know it all feels very sleazy and you know so so that you know that that's part of my process when I'm working with people is to help them get past that mm-hmm. is to see that it doesn't have to be like that and you don't have to do all the things that you're being told you have to do I mean there's so many there's a lot of noise out there in in sales and marketing and and there's lots of experts that telling you their thing is the best thing and here's the (laughs) magic formula this is the one this is the only thing you need and you know you'll have your hundred thousand whatever and um yeah that's just not true (laughs) it's just not true so yeah yeah you know I heard someone say the other day and I just love this so much that hundreds of years ago, heart-centered business owners, you know, they would have been shamans, the shamans of the tribe and, or the group or the community. And the community would have supported that person in exchange for the healing and everything that they provided. And our culture and our society just isn't set up that way anymore. So now it's on us, you know, to do both things, to to bring the healing to the people that we encounter and to feed ourselves and keep a roof over our heads. Mm. And I, I just thought that was such a beautiful way to illustrate the change that's happened for, for that type of business owner and, and what's in their lap or on their plate now. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting. What just sprung to mind then is like, and yet in religion, it still works that way, doesn't it? Mm, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even governments support churches. I mean, here in Spain, I don't know what it's like in other, but it was a quite a revelation to me when I did my tax return. And if you don't choose to give to another social enterprise, it automatically goes to a Catholic church, part of your tax return. So it's just, you know, you have to decide which box to tick. And that's like, so it's like pretty, you know, they get a good chunk of money from from our taxes. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? In your healing profession, that's the match. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So let's talk about your most recent book, which is called Inside Out Transformation. Um, Tell us about the book and because it's a really interesting structure and I loved learning about it. And what what inspired you to write it? Mm. Well, Thank you for saying my most recent book is my only, oh. <laughs> my one and only. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, a big achievement for me because I hadn't, um, I hadn't, you know, well, like when I said earlier on, it, I kind of always had this sense that I would be self-employed and, you know, have some sort of business. I never felt like at one day I'd write a book. I don't know. It just, 
but I wasn't it's interesting because I don't think I was inspired apart from I had an inspired idea I guess mm. that's how it happened so I had this idea that came in it, and it, it was literally interview Sid's direct students the first generation interview that's that's all of that all, all kind of the whole idea was that just interview them and create create a book around it and it was one of those ideas that just kept coming back and it kept coming back and I didn't do anything about it and kept coming back and, and in the end I, um Jack Pransky he was a friend and um colleague he I, you know I've arranged organized retreats and and trainings from here in Spain many many times over the years and one year he and he's an author authored many books mm -hmm. so one time he was here I said Jack I've had this idea for a book can I run it past you yet so I told him and he said I think it's a brilliant idea she to go for it so that was kind of my confirmation. I was like, okay, you know, I've tested the water. He thinks it's a great idea. And he's one of the direct students. He's one of the people that I actually did interview in the end. And he, he was very helpful because he gave me the list of, you know, I don't know all the names of, of Sid's direct students. So he gave me a list, a comprehensive list. And basically that's how it happened. And it was like one foot in front of the other. Okay, well, what's the next step? The next step is write to these people you know, because if they didn't say yes, I didn't have a book. It was like, okay, ask them. And of course, lots of them answered and lots of them said, yes, great idea. And so it was literally just then coming up with some questions and um, interviewing them on Zoom like like we are now and, and have the audio and the video. And and then I transcribed and edited and, and so it went on. So, yeah. Like my introduction mm -hmm. and yeah it, mm -hmm. it was published it took me a long time though it took, I remember Jack saying at the beginning oh it takes me um I can't remember if it said three years or four years now three years or four years to write a book mm. and I was like really but it took me for took me four years to get this yeah. book from start to finish at least I think yeah yeah from the yeah. start of actually reaching out to somebody and saying will you be part of the book yeah, because it because he said to, I remember him saying to me as well, you need to make it a full, a project, and that's exactly what I had to do because it was always something that came at the end of the you know I was running running my business and, and doing all the main and that would be when I've got time I'll get to the book when I get time and it, you know and then it there was never time so in the end I had to make it a project. It was like okay I've got to get this done. I really wanted to get it done because mm -hmm. I was sitting on some really good material, you know, that I knew mm. people would love to to read. So. So, yeah, that's how it came about. Nice. And so what was it about, maybe this is an obvious question, but let's let's go there anyway. What was it about interviewing those people that had been directly, you know, taught by Sydney Banks that appealed to you? Again, I don't know. It's just the idea. That <laughs> it wasn't, you know, it was literally, it wasn't me that thought that up. It, yeah. was, it, it really felt like this is, I was like, oh, okay. And then I could, I could just, I could tell you, oh yeah, it's a good idea because, but it literally was this idea came in. I was like, okay, and and now I can justify it in lots of ways. But you know, one one of them being, well, they're not going to be around forever, are they? And and uh, it's, it's, the the three the three principles are not going anywhere. <laughs> and and in years to come, you know, twenty years, thirty years, forty years, fifty years, people will really want to hear from these people. So. I can see in retrospect how, what a what a great idea that you know to capture something um, and have it in a book in a book form and especially for you know it's got it's it's um, directed at coaches and counselors and therapists so you know the practitioners in the field yeah but I think it's been interesting reading for 
people who are not in that field too you know they've picked up a, a lot mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely yeah and it seems to me that there's something about the line, you know, uh, the lineage and keeping mm-hmm. that alive. And, you know, Sid, of course, passed away. And so the next best thing is, yeah, talking to those people who, who were there and knew him and really mm-hmm. absorbed what he had to say firsthand, mm-hmm. because the rest of us can't anymore, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Other than through his talks and recorded things and books mm-hmm. and that kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you had been following the principles for a while at that point, obviously, when you had this idea. Yeah. And, you know, I'd love to hear about what you learned through the process, what you saw. Was there any anything that really came to light for you while you were recording the interviews and that kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, I think, you know, when I, for me, me being a coach myself, I was curious to hear. So I had, I had, um, for example, again, Jack, Jack being here, I've been through his coach training many times. So I knew his point of view. I knew how he, how he worked and how he taught and how he works with clients. But I hadn't, and I'd heard a little bit about from, about George and Linda, but you know, the others I had not so much. So I was really, I was really very curious for myself as a coach, um, to see if I was doing it right, right? And, <laughs> and what came to light as, very quickly for me and maybe it was because I was looking through that lens of you know the right way to do this and you know these are these are the people that have been taught by Sid um were with him and they must have picked up all all the you know all the ways of of being with people and what what became very clear was there is no right way to do this you know Mm. really 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 loud and clear for me there's just no there isn't one way it's like you can't say this is how you coach from the three principles perspective, this is how you, you know, uh, have therapy sessions with these people when you're, you know, wanting to teach them the three principles or coach from the three principles. It just became really, really clear that there isn't any right way to do this. Mm. There are lots of common, you know, lots and lots of common threads in the way that they all work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pointing people back to their own wisdom listening always um rapport is really important and um you know all, always coming back to that but but they weren't they're not they're not all doing this thing called coaching or therapy or counseling in the same way they're just they're just not you know mm-hmm. they're just not and and that was very um reassuring and it has been for people that i've spoken to and for people that have read the book um mm-hmm. yeah they're, they're very it's, it's about creating your own art, you know, your own art of coaching, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, that uh, makes me feel relieved. I love hearing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I'm, yeah, that's really great. I'm glad to hear that. Um, and so I just want to do a follow up then. And was there anything else, anything else that you saw or learned um, during that process? And it could be too about, you know, what the process of writing a book taught you maybe about yourself or. Hmm. That's a curious. What did it, the process of writing the book. It showed me. I. Um, I was going to say that I'm slow. <laughs> <laughs> it took me so long. <laughs> and things like, it doesn't, it looks easier than it, it looks easier than it is. That's for sure. And there's a lot more to writing a book and 
formatting a book and editing a book and proofreading a book and getting a cover done. And there is a lot more to a book than meets the eye. And I have a lot of admiration for people who write books now and get them out to self-publish and get them out to market, really, mm-hmm. really. Um, I've got a deep, much deeper appreciation of book, write, book writing, that's for sure. Um, and in the, you know, in the... Also, I, I think the again, well, again, but these people that I interviewed, the leaders that I interviewed, just how generous they were with their time and help. Mm. And um, was I wasn't surprised mm-hmm. because I, that's been my experience. But they were, you know, some of them wanted to get, I edited and sent back and had them obviously all approve their chapters before before it went. they went to print. Mm-hmm. And some of them really went through them with a fine tooth comb and kept changing it. And would them is it too late? I just want to change this line. And you know, <laughs> so really, really dedicated and committed to having the best that they could. Others yeah. not so much. You know, not, you know, they just said, "Yeah, great job. I'm happy with that." So it was interesting as well to see the different ways of being. But I was just all of them just so grateful that they gave me their time and they. Mm-hmm. They were willing to go over it at the end as well and give me their approval for for the final cut and and then interviewing them all, you know, pretty much all of them and giving me more time and they were very supportive, very supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it must have been so lovely to talk to all those people. Mm-hmm. I get so much out of these interviews. You know, I always feel like it's such a treat for me every week to talk to somebody. So yeah, it must have been incredible. Yeah, yeah, same for me when I was I was um, doing those interviews when when I launched the book almost a year ago now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And do you feel like it's affected your coaching practice at all? In other words, is it sort of helpful to have a book? Um, as in more creating more clients for me? Do you mean? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the well, very interesting. I was just going to say, I'm not sure, but actually, yeah. What re- what happened? And I had. You know, being a being a what a, I just call myself a business coach, a holistic business coach. I knew when I was writing this book, I knew that the traditional um, way of seeing a book is as a big as a, as a big business card. Yeah. Um, you know, that's why people write books a lot of the time. You know, is to get business and all the things that I read around it. You know, when you write nonfiction, it's all about how you can use that as a platform for. Well, this was such a different. You know, as I say, the idea just popped in. It wasn't me trying to do anything, create a strategy around creating clients or anything like that. And nothing, I thought, well, you know, if something just bubbles up and somebody comes, again, if I have an inspired idea, I'll follow it. And nothing, nothing. I was writing the book, nothing, published the book, nothing. And then I get a, a message from um, a woman called Hannah Studley, who has is, is authored a couple of her own books. And she actually wrote me a really nice review for the book. And in the review, she actually said something like, I felt like I went through a um, a coaching course while reading this book. And she dropped this note and, and said, Sheila, I know you've probably thought about this already. She said, but um, how, how do, what do you think about doing a book club around your book? And it had that, that kind of floated around. It seemed like an obvious thing to do, but it hadn't really inspired me. So I hadn't done anything about it. And then I said, well, 
And I thought, and I thought I was curious as well. I thought, why are you writing to me about that? It's my book, kind of thing. You know, what is it? What is it? What? Why? And she and I and she said because I you know I so I wrote back to her and she said well I've I've done a book club around my books she's got two books out by that time one one called Painless she'd just done a book club she said well actually I learned that other people were doing book clubs around my book and I thought well if they're doing them I could do <laughs> and I thought well she's got a bit of experience let me have a chat with her so we started chatting and um, what what came out of that talk was actually it was it was there was so much more an offer than a book club. And what, mm. what we did was we created a coaching course between us. Wow. And so the Inside Out Transformation coaching course was born. And we actually ran that um, at the end of last year, November, January, December, January, February, I think it was. And it was a huge, it was amazing. Mm. Now, I never in a million years honestly thought that I would be teaching a coaching course. Mm-hmm. But it went really well. We filled, you know, it filled it up pretty much. And um and it was online and people had amazing, really, really good experiences. We had some lovely, lovely testimonials from it. So, yes, in that respect, yes, it has. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Isn't that nice? And how nice that it just came about so organically. Absolutely. I mean, I love it. I'm, I'm really leaning into that now in life. It is really it's wisdom led, you know, these things, this is the way I, this is the way I'm, I'm in my intention is to live from that space. Mm -hmm. I don't get it right all the time, but um, yeah, I'm finding that I'm having a lot more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Trying to yeah, live from that space. I always describe it as, you know, sort of the other way, forcing things, I tended to be very sort of uh, project driven, you know, and it was like pushing rocks up a river. Yeah, Re- I get that. Really hard work. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And now it's so much less work and so much more joy I experience. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm 100% yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you, something else that you're doing that you've done is you've co-founded the Viva event, um, which is a, coaching would you call it like a retreat or a workshop no no no? I I do organize retreats but actually no the Viva event was born um well yeah it it was born it's it's a hybrid I think of it as a hybrid between a conference and a party (laughs) so (laughs) it's you know you know I'm all for conferences where you you know you sit and you listen and ask questions or, or whatever might happen but there were, there's an element of fun and aliveness yeah. and, and and where I live in the world, I live in a beautiful part of the world. And um, we, we run the, the Viva event specifically at the beginning of November when in Europe, the weather is not great in most of Europe, Northern Europe. So people really appreciate coming to where I live. It, we have the World Health Organization as it's one of the healthiest climates in the world. Mm. Where I live, we have something like 320 or 30 days of sunshine a year. So it's, you know, it's not incredibly hot in the winter, but it's sunny and bright and people really appreciate that when they live in Northern Europe, in the mm-hmm. you know, dark. So that's one one aspect of it. And it's up by the sea on the Mediterranean. Um, we've got mountains as well, so people can go trekking. So there's a bit of everything for people. And it, it is a holiday town, but it's not a really busy holiday town. So there's lots of beautiful cafes and restaurants. So people come and it's all about connection as well. Connection, joy. Um, 
relaxation. So we've, we have, and we have some wonderful speakers. Now, when we first started, Sue and I, I think it was 2015 was the first one. Mm. So, we, you know, we've had a break because of the COVID. Um, we did five till, yeah, 14, 15, 16, 17, yeah, 15. 15 we started. Um, and really it came about because we saw that, we saw, I don't know, well, we we wanted to create something in in Europe where we would bring European speakers into the mm. room because we would had the London conference, which had been going, and but there was seemed to be bringing mainly American speakers and Canadian speakers over, mm-hmm. and we saw sort of a gap, if you like, like well, why don't we have some European speakers? So that's how it started. It's not quite, it's not where we are right now because we do bring in American speakers, um, because but we didn't choose to do that, and and that's what I love about my um, journey with Viva has been again very organic, very wisdom led. It's mm. like. The first, I think the first one that asked us if they could come was Elsie Spittle. So from, from Canada, and she, she'd heard about the Viva event, I think it was year three, and she contacted us and said she was going to be in Europe and would it be, you know, would we, you know, she was going to come over to, she was writing a book, she was going to be in Spain on a writing retreat and could she come visit us at Viva? And we were like, yes, <laughs> of course <laughs> you can. And that kind of started the trickle of, of Americans wanting to come over and us inviting as well. Um but yeah, we so we have sort of a mixture of well-known um, practitioners, so first-generation SIDS Zarek students, um, and more unknown. You know, because we it, just because they're not well-known doesn't mean they're not great facilitators. And so, and again, we wanted to include Euro, European. Um, I want to be very inclusive, you know. And this year, I think we've got a great lineup of. Um, diverse um, speakers um, and we want to be yeah so very inclusive so very excited and it's it's we have keynote speakers um, who are on the stage in the main room then we have three breakout rooms where the breakout sessions will go um, go on in there and then what we love what I love particularly are the surprises so on the program that we give them as they walk through the door they'll be surprised a surprise here, a surprise, and then nobody knows what's going to happen. And we mm. love that element of surprise. So it can be anything from, you know, a singer or some dancing or some games or some whatever. You know, we we just we don't like to let on. Obviously, people come back year after year to Viva. We have lots of returners. Um, so some of them have seen some of the things that they kind of got an idea of what's going to happen. But we've got loads of new people coming this year that have never been. So very excited to meet all these new people yeah nice yeah and so we're recording this in may 2023 and it the so viva happens in early november correct november it's the fourth this year is the fourth fifth and sixth it's always the fourth the first weekend in november in november okay yeah and so while we're on the subject where can people go to learn about that we have a website called thevivaevent.com Perfect. Okay. The VivaEvent.com. Yeah. We've only got 30 tickets left. So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I know. We're so, we've, it's just been amazing. I think people have missed it so much because of the pandemic. They're yeah. like, we just want to get back in the room. Yeah. So yeah. 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 We've only got a few tickets left. All right. Well, I will put a link in the show notes uh, to that yes. and maybe, yeah, people can snatch up the last, <laughs> the last few tickets. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, um, we're just about out of time. So I wanted to ask you if there's anything you'd like to share that we haven't touched on here today. Um, well, first of all, just to say Joe Bailey, 
think you've you, you've had him. You're going to have him on one of your podcasts, I yep. believe. So yep. Joe Bailey is one of our speakers at Viva, and just before the Viva event at the end of October, I've organised for him to run a five day retreat. Right. Called, I think it's called it's called Uncovering the um, Extraordinary Coach Within. So basically, it's a five day coaching course retreat. So yeah. I'm really excited about that. So that's one thing. Um, but the other, so I think the, the main thing, well, it probably ties in, it sounds like I'm promoting all my events, but Jack Pransky has been such a huge advocate and, and um, mentor in my life. And he introduced me to deep listening. And mm. I just I just feel that deep listening is so, it's underrated. I think it's totally underrated. And, you know, not just as a coach or a helper, a practitioner, but just in life general, you know, in our life generally that we, we're not listening to each other mm-hmm. <laughs> there's such you know there's there's so much value in really giving people space to be heard with no judgment with nothing on our minds I mean that's what deep listening to me means that we're listening and not not taking notice of the noise in our heads but really just taking in what what's happening in the space that's created between us mm-hmm. and listening for what wants to be heard Versus mm-hmm. what we think wants to be heard, right? What really wants to be heard. Um, yeah, and I'm a huge advocate for that. I really am. I really, mm-hmm. really am. So much so that I'm, I've set up, we've got a retreat in a couple of weeks, actually, um, mm. on the 20th to the 22nd in, of May. Jack and I are going to be teaching a, a three principles, which is called, it's called perfecting deep listening. Now, mm. Jack wanted the perfecting piece in there. I'm just like, okay, Jack, well, let's see how we get on with the, the perfecting deep listening. But yeah, very excited. There's only one one place left on that if anybody gets to hear this before. <laughs> but yeah, really, really, I just, the power of it is, it's transformational, absolutely transformational. When people can just sit back, it's like people sit back and relax and just be with you. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, their transformation in them. It's so healing in itself, just that on its own. I could talk for ages, which I probably will be sharing quite a bit at the retreat. But yeah, just wanted yeah. to say the the power of of deep listening. Look more into that. And Jack in my in my book, the first chapter is Jack, and he he shares quite a bit about deep listening in there. So, mm. and actually, people go to my website, which I'm, you're probably going to ask me anyway. Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> sheilamassan.com you can actually sign up there for the first chapter for free so you could get jack's chapter for free if you just go to my website great well that's a fantastic segue so we can find out more about you at sheilamassan.com and i'll put uh, i'll put links in the show notes to that as well and um yeah and to the to the viva retreat and um the viva event sorry event yeah yeah Yeah. okay great well sheila this has been so lovely thank you so much for talking to me today oh you're very welcome it's been a pleasure lovely to hang out thank you take care bye-bye thank you for listening i hope you found the show helpful and uplifting You'll find all the backlist episodes and show notes at unbrokenpodcast.com. If you'd like to connect, go to alexandraamore.com forward slash connect. I'll see you next time.